Hey friend, Michael McCurry here. Welcome back to Bible Tracked Echoes. Thank you so very much for joining me once again today. We are getting very close to the close of David's last lecture, and I'd ask you if you would to see what God has for you today. We're going to speak about something that's near and dear to my heart. We have been all this week. If you would, as I've already encouraged you, I don't want it to be cliche, but I want you to think about what I say when I ask you to have open ears and a soft heart. So much of what we hear just goes in one ear and out the other. Uh, there's no attempt, real focus to capture what it is God is saying to us. I hope that's not the case today. And oftentimes things, at least for me, they bounce off my rock of a heart. I hope, I pray that you'll listen intently and maybe God will convict you. It will encourage you to maybe change something about how you interact with the previous or the coming generation. Listen to this message that God laid on my heart about a year or so ago. We see verse number three, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. We see the continuation in verse number four of David's line that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, if thy children take heed to their way, to walk before me in truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Friend, this young man, this is why they charge you so intently. This is why they're so intense about these commandments and judgments and testimonies. The vast majority of these men are not concerned with building castles they're trying to build his kingdom. I won't go into it for his sake, but honor to whom honors do. Brother Angel recently did something for me, and again, I won't go into detail, that I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, did nothing for the furtherance of him personally or his ministry, except for eat up some of his time. But you know what he's about? The continuation. And when I say David's line, you understand I'm talking sort of allegorically here. I'm not talking about the continuation of the, the Terry Angel. We talk about in football, coaching trees and the Bill Parcells coaching tree and the Bill Belichick coaching tree and all these coaches. That, no, Brother Angel's not concerned about the ministry tree that he's growing. He's concern, concerned about God Almighty and his kingdom and continuing, when I say David's line, David's line. After the continuation of David's line is referenced here, skip down to verse number 7. We'll come back to verse 5, but look at verse number 7. But show kindness unto the sons, this is still David talking to Solomon, to Barzillai, the Gileadite, and let them be of those that eat at thy table, for so they came to me when I fled because of Absalom thy brother. He talks about the sons. This Barzillai gentleman, he was an old man when David was still in his middle years fleeing his son Absalom. And Barzillai was very kind to him and welcomed him and gave him respite and really almost would almost take nothing in return. He said, I'll stay here, I'll gather my feet up into my bed, and I'll die here. But David remembered that. We see the children that David loved. I'm very glad 
for the doors my forefathers have opened for me. And the fact that I get to say, now, Pastor Grimaldi's name probably shuts more doors than it opens in some places, but he said he was going to watch on live stream, so that's for you, Pastor. I am not a fan of you know, the clickishness that can come with camps and colleges and all that stuff. And yes, you can read my bio. I, went to, I graduated from Golden State Baptist College, and I'm proud of it. And I graduated from Providence Baptist College, and I'm proud of it, all right? And when I say that I'm a graduate of Providence Baptist College, can I be blunt? That opens some doors because of some men that paid a price previously. And so I become one of the children, sight unseen, that some people love just because, oh, you went to Keith Gomez's school. You know, you know, you were called a preacher under Terry Angel? Okay. I, I know him. So I love you. But can I speak to you older gentlemen for a moment? Would you be kind to those who are the children of others too for the sake, for the sake of the friendship you shared with that old man? The children that David loved. Then we see in verse number five, if you jump back there, moreover thou knowest also what Joab the son of Zariah, did to me, and what he did to the two captains of the hosts of Israel, unto Abner, the son of Ner, and unto Mesa, the son of Jether, whom he slew, and shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins, and in his shoes that were on his feet. Do therefore according to thy wisdom, and let not his whorehead go down to the grave in peace. And verse number 8, after the notice about kindness, verse 8, Behold, Thou hast with thee Shimei, son of Gera, the Benjamite, Benjaminite of Beharam, which cursed me with a grievous curse in the day when I went to Hanaim. But he came down to meet me at Jordan, and I swear to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put thee to death with the sword. Now, therefore, hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him. But his forehead bring thou down to the grave with blood. Can we talk about the concerns that David labels? There are some giants, if you will, that were still going to be living after David died that the next generation needed to deal with. May I be frank with you, older men? Could I ask you to be open and honest about the giants you maybe haven't yet been able to kill that still might sneak up on the younger generation? We don't have time to go into Joab and the very, really interesting character that he is. But you could make the case that David probably should have dealt with him a long time ago. When he says what he did to me, there could be referencing multiple things, but I would hazard a guess that he's probably talking about the death of his son Absalom. One of the most aggrieved portions of David's life. And Joab, to this point, effectively gets off scot-free. 
but in the passing of the guard, there's a list of names that need to be dealt with. And dealt with they will be. You'd be wise to listen to the concerns that they list and label. Because there are some that will try to ingratiate themselves with you, whether it be an actual person or just a philosophy. Some insidious thing that it cropped up in the 50s and they cut the head off. And it cropped up in the 70s and they cut the head off again. And it came back around in the 90s before your time. And well, here it is again. And for some reason, we haven't been able to crush this one's head. But let me tell you about a few things that you might need to deal with. But can we also talk about Solomon's consideration for David's limitations? What do men immediately jump to when you hear the name David? Either David and Goliath or David and Bathsheba. If we were to take the time to talk about all of David's ills, we'd be here for a little while, numbering the people and Uriah and all these things. But I wonder what God himself had to say about the man. Oh, he amassed armies for the glory of God and slew Philistines, killed Goliath, and he was a man after God's own heart. And he, and he was allowed of God to prepare the temple. If you look at everything these old men say through the lens of their failings, then I believe God's judgment on you will be the next generation does the exact same thing to you. And you'll deserve every minute of it. I'm not talking about trying to be so close that you cough like them and act just like them and you're an impersonator, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. And the men chuckling know who I'm talking about. I was down in Florida with Brother uh, Aaron Harris. preached a little conference there with Brother Reed, Jay Reed, and he gave a phenomenal illustration of, the, of a forge where you can make metalwork and knives and things like that. And he talked about the, the, the quench and the grind and the fire and all these things. But then he got to the handle, and he asked the question, can you be handled? And you realize that a lot of the personality in a knife comes from the actual handle of it. Yes, Damascus steel and all that's beautiful, but the handle of a knife is often where the personality and uniqueness of a knife shines through. But do you ever realize, he was talking about that, and I realized something. He, asked the, he said, there are some people that must just feel good in God's hands. And he keeps returning to them in spite of things that we wouldn't agree with. But I realized something. When the master's hands close around the handle, you can't see personality anymore, can you? You don't see the uniqueness. All you see is the master craftsman at work. You know, as I was preaching this thought from 1 Kings chapter number 2, at the conclusion of the message, I drew to a close and I, I finished and I went and sat down and you'll hear the conclusion of this message tomorrow. I'll ask you to tune back in if you would. But I had a pastor friend tell me that I gave him something to think about. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. But he'd always thought that David warning Solomon about Shimei and about Joab was a kind of revenge. 
about a desire for David to fulfill one last bit of bloodlust and, and just see those two men that mistreated him die a gruesome death. And But he said, I gave him some, something to think about. I don't think I did. I think the Holy Spirit maybe did. But he saw through fresh eyes, 1 Kings chapter 2, David's desire was to clearly communicate a warning to Solomon. I ask you, maybe those of you that are listening with a sprinkle of salt and pepper, maybe some gray hairs, think about what warnings you need to give the next generation. Maybe there are some things you need to be careful of that they need to be careful of because you haven't quite conquered them yourself. Now, as we draw this message to a close tomorrow, my prayer, as always, is that you have a great day for His glory. Thank you so very much to each of you that pray for me, my family, and this ministry. We'll plan on talking to you soon, tomorrow. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.